All right, cool. So, so this is like a question I've always wanted to ask. But how many golf gloves do you think you go through in a season? Golf glove? Yeah. Oh God, probably five a week. Um, because a kid either asks for one, you know, after a round, or I, I normally like to use a fresh one almost every tournament round. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll I'll use the same one for two rounds. I mean, I would guess fifty times probably I'd probably do that on average forty weeks a year. I mean, yeah. what's the math there? Two. 2,000 gloves, no, five times 40, I mean, 200 gloves a year. That's crazy. That's yeah. Um, so talking to, like, you're talking about fans and stuff. So, like, what do you think the funniest thing a fan has ever said to you? Is there a uh, I was eating a banana in Houston this year at the Houston Open. Yeah. And a kid was like, can I have your banana peel? And I finished my banana, so I said, sure. And he's like, can you sign it? And I was like... <laughs> yeah, I'll sign the banana peel. So I signed a kid a banana peel uh, back in November. That was that was a little ridiculous, but hey, I mean, maybe that banana still. <laughs> yeah, man. So I was watching, like, I was watching um, the U.S. Open coverage yesterday, and they were showing all these like stats. So I was like, I wanted to ask you, is there like a favorite stat for you to follow? Huh, favorite stat, like in terms of golf, like like a putting stat or like a. What yeah, like, it could be like fairways. Like, or is there is there something that just sticks out to you? Um. Yeah, I mean, right now my mind's focused on the total hole outs on the year. I've had eighteen hole outs, and yeah. I'm like second on that category. So if I can make a few more hole outs the rest of the year, I'll finish the year top of that. So that's a category that I like. But um, I actually follow a lot of the stats, all the strokes gained. Um, try to figure out how my game stacks up against some of the best. So. My scrambling stats are are pretty much top five, top ten in the world. Um, if I can get my ball striking stats a little bit better, then I can be pretty consistently, you know, in the mix every week on tour. So there's a few different ways for me to look at some of the stats to help me, and um, I've definitely used them. For yeah. Sure. So I came up across this like a dessert classic. So your TikTok. So like, what made you get into that? Yeah, my, my girlfriend helped a lot um, with me getting started with that and um, had some other people tell me I need to get on TikTok and no golfer's really done it. And so I um, we basically decided to make one and I've just been doing videos and trying to figure out what people want to see and kind of give behind the scenes looks and um, just really, I haven't done it from a monetary standpoint or anything like that. Um, maybe that'll happen in the future, who knows, but um Right now, it's just about putting out content that people want and making it easier for me. I try not to make it too time-consuming. So when I do that analyze stuff, it's it's honestly pretty pretty easy for me. I just film and can do a voiceover later in the day. Um, but it's, it's interesting stuff, and there's obviously a lot of stuff going on in the golf world right now. And uh, I gave some of my opinions early last week, and uh, TikTok's been a cool platform for me to connect with fans. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really like want to go into it too much because, like, you guys hear about it a lot but like for me as like a pga tour fan like seeing you just even post that on tiktok was like cool to see because it just kind of gave us like gave us an insight how you were just like kind of out of the loop yourself i guess if you want to kind of yeah no 100 percent. it took us all by surprise um i think now like things have settled down a little bit but that's probably because there hasn't been any updated news no one really knows so everyone's just kind of accepting it um i think as a player it's our job to just focus on our careers a little bit and just play good golf and try to make birdies and that'll take care of itself but definitely the politics and the landscape of professional golf has taken a big turn and it'll be interesting to see how things play out yeah so 
I kind of want to like go through like a little bit in your career. So like, I, I, this, like, I always like when I read stuff, it's like kind of like a little bit different. Everyone gets it. But like, so in 2021, you like gave up golf. Did you actually work at a mortgage company or like, can you kind of talk about that decision? Yeah. So I played professionally, had a decent, like, not really a decent, I didn't have that great of a professional career other than a win in Canada. Um, when I turned pro in 2018. So I was kind of struggling in 2020 and started 2021 struggling for me, meaning like I'm finishing top 10 in many tour events and I'm making enough money to get by, but barely. And then when I'd go and play in corn fairy events or whatnot, it's, it's, it's expenses are very high. So I was losing money there. And I got to a point where I was so in the hole and so in debt that I had to go work. Um, and yeah, I, I went to the office, was there five days a week, working from basically 7 to 8 a.m. until 6 to 7 p.m., so 10 to 12-hour days yeah. for me. Um, and it was a hot time in the markets, and I wasn't playing golf. Like, yeah. I, I went out and played golf with a realtor once. Um, the weekends, I'd go to the lake and have fun with friends, but I was never thinking about golf. And that was pretty much from the end of March until end of July, so... Um, that was when I was truly working and in August, I kind of was transitioning out of that job and getting back into golf because I had, um, a sponsor that wanted to bring me back and had some signs that were telling me to go back to golf. And, um, yeah, I, I totally stepped away. I mean, I played in a couple of things. I played in a member guest golf tournament as a guest one weekend. So literally not even as a professional golfer. Um, and then I played like a, a qualifier and that was pretty much it while I was working, but I, I didn't have my mind on golf. I was, I just wanted to make money and pay my bills. Um, yeah. and it's been, been kind of a crazy story how I've shifted away from that, but yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of the, the PGA tour and a lot of big platforms played it out that I was this big mortgage loan officer. Like, no, I mean, I, I was always a professional golfer. I just stepped away and. Um, you know, the cards lined up right for me to come back to golf, but, um, I was in the office and yeah. unlike a lot of jobs today, people are still working remote. Like I was dressing up in a button down and That's wearing funny. a jacket from yeah. time to time and going into an office and going into my desk and, and yeah. grinding on my, I mean, I wasn't even eating lunch hardly. I was working pretty much nonstop wow. from 8am till 7pm. So, um, it's a lot different than how a lot of employees are working now. Yeah, I kind of want to go into like the investor and then like, I also saw a story, there was like one morning you accidentally like drove to the golf course instead of the office. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was kind of like a fate sign for you, any? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was, um, but I was driving to work and my office was right near the golf course, but I'd never accidentally driven into the course and I was literally driving and I guess my mind was on golf and my mind wanted golf again. And it was so, I mean, it was probably seven, seven thirty in the morning when I was driving. So I was probably a little tired. Who knows what I had um, done the last night or the week before fire or why I was tired, but I basically was driving to the course and my subconscious wanted me to go there. So yeah. <laughs> that's how I like to think of it. I mean, it was definitely, I think it was a fate moment and it, it helped remind me that, you know, maybe there's the, career for me in golf and my future again so i uh i took it as that and i took it as bait and then with the that on top of you know having the support and having um someone who wanted to um, invest money in me to play professionally it, it meant a lot and um it gave me drive to come back and and make a push and here we are yeah so this is kind of like a two-part question i feel like people look at golf and think it's like a money sport but they don't realize like how hard it is for people to like when they're trying to make it, you know, economically. And then you met 
you met a guy at St. Simon's Island who was like basically the guy who helped, you know, help you do it. Did you think it really takes a guy like that to like help players succeed? Absolutely. At the beginning stage, if you're not the top, one of the top three or four college golfers, you need something like that unless you have a family financial backing. Because um, you've got to spend, if you're trying to truly make it to the PGA Tour, your expenses your first year out of college are probably going to be six figures. Wow. They should be. If you're if you're trying to make it, that's what they're going to be. So if you're not making over $100,000 on the golf course and earnings, mm-hmm. you're not coming out positive. And mm-hmm. if you compare it to like, you know, a, a normal job out of college, someone going to New York City or wherever and making $70,000, $80,000, I mean, that's true income. So that means for a professional golfer, if I want to have that same income, I need to make $200,000 a year because my expenses are probably going to be 100 to 120. And those expenses are a combination of entry fees and travel. The travel is really the most expensive thing. And then once you make it to the Corn Ferry Tour, you're paying all of your expenses for your caddy. So like if you see a Corn Ferry Tour player and see that they've made $250,000 on their profile that year, that means they've probably made 50 grand because their yeah. expenses are going to be 120 and they're going to pay their caddy 75 and you know, they, they're not going to make much. And if you have a family and you have a house at home, like add all those expenses in and all of a sudden you broke even. So um, it's hard. It's very financially draining to play professional golf. And maybe that's part of why the live tour was created to make some of that travel easier to have some compensation because if I go on tour and I play three weeks and I miss all three of those cuts, I'm probably just lost $35,000 because my expenses are probably 10,000 a week. If you add everything up. And that's things the fans like don't think about. Um, so like, it's kind of a question for about the mental side of it. So like you're talking about like the financial and stuff, you, does that have like another mental pressure? Cause you're like, dude, I really need to, shoot this well because I need to make this much money or I'm not making money this week. Absolutely. Um, I think early on for sure. Once you get to the PGA tour and you've established yourself, a guy like me now, I'm comfortable to where I'm not thinking about those things. But if you're on the corn Ferry tour or if you're on the Canadian or even many tours, I mean, if you're on many tours, you're 100% thinking about it. Yeah. I don't care what you came from. If you even have family money, whatever, you're yeah. still thinking about your expenses. Yeah. I hope you are. Um, because if not, that's, yeah. something's crazy going on but um once you get to the pga tour and you establish yourself and you're not thinking about that you know hope hopefully you don't have all these big purchases at home uh, like a new car or something like yeah. that that you're having to think about payments for but it, for a guy like me if you look at my on-course earnings for the year I've, I've made a good chunk of change i'm not struggling financially all i'm really thinking about is trying to win golf tournaments yeah. um because that's all I should be thinking about. I don't need to be thinking about how much money I'm making, how much money, you know, this costs, that costs. I need to be thinking about how am I going to win this week? And when you're on those early stages on many tours and corn Ferry tour, it's hard to think that way. It, it really is hard to think that way unless you have a comfortable amount of money in the bank and you don't think about anything financially. But that's the hardest thing when you turn pro and you're a college golfer and you have, a, you aspire to be pro is it's, it's not easy. You've got to be one of the best golfers in the world to make it to the PGA tour. Um, once you make it, it's honestly, it's a little bit easier to maintain it. I, I mean, I say that mainly because I've had a good year so far and, and I know the competition levels are, it gets a little bit harder, but if you're, if you're a good golfer and you're playing consistently a little bit better, you're going to be fine on the PJ tour. It's just battling some of those mental things. You know, you're playing against the best in the world. You know, you're playing against guys you grew up watching on TV, but 
it's doable. It's attainable. The hardest thing is getting to the PGA tour and grinding through the mini tours and the lower tours, getting onto the corn Ferry tour, paying for Q school, all that stuff. It's, it's just a humongous investment. And yes, we make a lot of money, but goddamn, did we put in a lot of work yeah. to get to it. <laughs> yeah. So I never really see a lot of people talk about like college golf a lot, but what was like your recruiting process like for you in high school? So I, both my parents went to North Carolina. I grew up in Chapel Hill. And for me, it was an easy transition because I almost knew I was going to go there. So I actually committed my sophomore year. Um, and most guys nowadays, I think there's still some guys that commit early, but normally it's a, it's a junior year decision, maybe senior year if you're a late bloomer. Um, so my, my recruiting process was easy because I was already hanging out with the team, yeah. practicing with the team. I knew everything. And I was fortunate to have played well enough in high school that I knew I was going to play division one. I. I knew I was going to play almost where I, wherever I wanted to, to an extent. And I just chose North Carolina because it was somewhere I was comfortable and had a lot of support. And both my parents went there. So um, that decision was pretty easy for me. Yeah. So a couple questions. I don't want to take too much of your time, but what's mm -hmm. like your favorite memory at North Carolina playing golf? Yeah. I mean, um, a few good memories. We won as a team a few times when I was there. Um, we had a lot of highs and lows. I think the coolest thing about college golf is you just, as long as you're at the right college and you're with guys that you like, you kind of all buy in together and you're really seeing it now with North Carolina. I mean, their team's very, very talented, but also all the guys get along with each other. So it's kind of going through almost that fraternity like feel with a team where you're kind of bonding and you're all trying to work towards something. And when you win, there's no better feeling than winning as a team because you all feel like you accomplished your goals. Yeah. And maybe individually you didn't finish that well that week, but at least you all can have that mutual feeling of we got it done. Um, and I think that some of those memories are probably um, the best ones, in my opinion. Oh, that that reminded me. So you played the Zerg Classic with Ryan. What was that like? That mm -hmm. must have been sick. Yeah, it was good. Um, it was cool. You know, we hadn't been teammates um for four or five years, you know, he was a freshman when I was a senior. So we got one year together. Um, but yeah, the Zurich was awesome. You know, it's, it's so different than a standard tournament. Um, it's, it's crazy. The emotions and stuff and the roller coasters you go through, especially an ultimate shot and best ball. We were, we got off to a good start and unfortunately we missed the cut, I think by one or two strokes, but um, yeah, it was, it was fun to um, play with him again. He's had an awesome kind of start to his year um, getting onto the PGA Tour. I mean, that's very hard Honda to do. Classic was sick, at, yeah, if you look back in history, though, there's only been a few guys that have done what Ryan's done this year. And, yes, there's a couple more with that being Akshay and a couple European guys that are doing it this year. But for this year, you hadn't really seen that since, you know, Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth and guys like that where they've got either Monday qualified or they got a sponsor invite and then they played really well and got on the PJ Tour. So it's, uh, it should be something for Ryan to be proud of himself. And um, Ryan definitely should be building confidence off of that and know that he belongs on tour. Yeah. So this is like my last question. I always finish off mm -hmm. with it. So when your career is over down the line, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, trying to figure that out right now. Honestly, I mean, you want to have the legacy of, of winning and, you know, have your name uh, etched in history. I mean, win a major or whatever it might be. But I think Harold Barner has been a really cool role model to a lot of golfers and that he's really worked hard to giving back to, to kids and, um, and young golfers and giving them the opportunity to play golf that maybe can't afford it. So 
I think doing things like that from a charitable standpoint is, are, are kind of at the forefront of my goals. Um, trying to fi figure out ways to give back, whether it's, you know, I'm currently this year, I've been helping out my high school golf team um, with different, you know, random things, whether it's golf balls, gloves. Um, so trying to do more from that standpoint to grow the game and grow the future. I think Harold's done an awesome job of that. And um, I think it's someone that every golfer should look up to because it's more than just us making money on, on the course. It's, it's a way for us to grow the game um, and, you know, use what we've won and earned and, and make a difference in the world. So that's kind of my goal. Um, yeah. I want to have wins and do a lot of great things, but in doing so, I want to find a way to get back. That's amazing. Well, Ben, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. Um, you know, stay, keep in touch, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks Luke. Yeah.